What's the longest thing that you have waited for? Think of something that you've waited for a long time. Maybe it was a home. Maybe it was a child. Maybe it was the salvation of a friend or a family member. Think for a moment of something that you have waited for a long time. As we think about Israel, they've been waiting for a long time. They had been waiting more than years, more than decades. They had been waiting centuries for a king, for a king that would come from the house of David. Since David, they have been waiting and waiting, watching and watching. But this morning, God is doing something amazing. Here, Jesus has come from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And the waiting is over. God has anointed His King. He has crowned His Son. God has anointed the King that everyone had been waiting for. He had crowned His Son King. The one who who would bring us salvation. It said that the heavens opened. Behold, the heavens opened. And this shady little spot next to the Jordan where John was baptizing people, laying them in the water and bringing them out. This shady little spot, heavens opened. The reality of things was finally revealed. The curtain that that sort of separates reality from the appearance of things around here was pulled away. For just a moment, we catch a glimpse of the reality of things. We see. For just a moment, we see. And it's silent. There are no angels singing. There are no trumpets sounding. It is this deafening silence as people wait on bated breath to see what God will do. Silence. And then the Spirit begins to come down. The Spirit of God comes and rests upon Jesus. God's Spirit has come into this world. We see it here. And in a moment, our mind flashes to Genesis when we hear or we remember that the Spirit hovered over the waters during creation. And we hear this word dove and we begin to think of Noah. And when the waters were receding, the dove brought an olive branch to show him that God was changing things. God was taking the water back. The flood was over. God is doing a new thing. We see here at this baptism, as the Spirit comes down like a dove, that God again is doing a new thing in Christ. He's doing a new thing in Jesus. And then behold, behold, a voice from heaven God is not allowing or not speaking through a prophet now. He's not speaking through a miracle or angels. He's speaking Himself, His own words. Speaking clearly into reality, into our world. God is speaking here. And His words resonate throughout creation. They resonate through our own chest. We hear God's Word again clearly. 
God is speaking. And He says, this is my Son. And our mind starts to put these words together. We've heard this somewhere before. We've heard it in Psalm 2. A psalm that was spoken, that was recited when a new king became king. This is my son, and today I have become his father. If you ask of me, I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. God is speaking again. He has anointed his king, Jesus. He said, This is my son whom I love. And the words begin to echo again. We remember the promise that God made to David. God spoke to David and He said, when your days are over and you go to be with your fathers, I will raise up one of your offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons. And I will establish His kingdom forever. He is the one who will build my house I will establish His throne forever. I will be His Father and He will be my Son. And I will never take my love from Him as I took it from your predecessor. I will set Him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. We hear these promises of God come flushing over us, come raging over us like waves. As God speaks to Jesus, we hear promise after promise fulfilled. This is my Son, whom I love. In Him I am so pleased. And we hear the ancient words of Isaiah echo in our lives again. This is my servant, whom I uphold. My chosen one, in whom I am so pleased. I will set my spirit on Him, and He will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise His voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not be discouraged. He will not falter until he establishes justice on earth. God is doing this. God is doing this. The islands will take hope In His law, the islands will rejoice. They will take their hope. God is speaking here. And we hear the words of God. The words of God, the Lord God, the One who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that is on it, who gives breath to His people and those who walk on it, life, The Lord God is speaking. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take your hand. I will keep you and make you a covenant for the people and a light to the Gentiles to open every eye that is blind, to set free the captives from prison and to release from the dungeons those who sit in darkness. All of this is happening here. God has spoken these words over Jesus. He has anointed His King. He has coronated His Son. 
Jesus is this Savior that we have been hoping for, that the people have been waiting for generations for. Jesus is Him. Jesus is the One. But it's surprising that it would happen here. That is baptism. God baptized? We see the humility of God. And it's scandalous. Lord of lords, King of kings, baptized. What are we supposed to do with this? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God. And God is holy. But John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Why does God need repentance? What is Jesus doing here? What is Jesus doing here? A theologian named Dale Bruner, he thought, he said, this just might be Jesus' first miracle. That God would come and be baptized. That Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. God in heaven who became God with us. Who continued right down into the waters where we were baptized. We catch a glimpse of God's humility as he stands there with arms across his chest waiting for John to lower him in the water. For a moment we catch a glimpse of God's humility and we are astounded by it. John gets it. He did everything he could to get Jesus not to do it. You can hear it in his voice. I I have need to be baptized by you. And you, you come to me? John can hardly believe it. John gets it. He knows that he, he doesn't even have the ability to loosen the strap on Jesus' sandals. And yet Jesus has come to him to be baptized. When we listen to John, we realize with him that Jesus doesn't need this baptism of repentance. We do. We need this baptism. And we start to put it together. Jesus is not baptized for His sake. He's baptized for our sake. Jesus has entered the waters with humanity. God was unsatisfied to remain God in heaven. He became God with us. Even to the point of entering the water with us. Jesus did not need His sin washed away. Jesus wasn't baptized to remove his sin, but to take up our sin. Jesus' baptism was not a baptism of repentance. It was a baptism of redemption. Prefiguring the cross, pointing toward the cross when he would save all people, when he would go down into death death and rise again in life. Jesus has come to be God with us, and he went right down into the water. Jesus went down into the water to lift all of humanity up with him. It is surprising that God would do this. It is absolutely amazing. Jesus' first miracle. Jesus has gone down in the water with us to bring us up with him. But Jesus has come for a purpose, he has come to fulfill all righteousness. You see, righteousness 
It's both this believing and then living out the belief. We see it throughout the Gospels, throughout the letter of Paul. All of his letters, they all say that this thing, that this belief is both believing it and living it out. Belief that we profess, but that we do not live out, it's called something else. Hypocrisy. Jesus is following God here. He's fulfilling righteousness. Believing, and then living it out. And He is proclaiming. In His baptism, Jesus proclaims that He has come to follow God. You see, John's baptism was a public affair. People came from all over the place. From Judea, from from Galilee, from Jerusalem. They came here to be baptized. Everyone was here. Even some of the really religious people were here to watch just to make sure everything was going all right. People are gathered here. It's a public event. Jesus does this in front of everyone. And John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. When people would come and say, I'm walking this way, but I want to turn my life around and return to God. That's the essence of repentance. It's when we are walking in one direction, the wrong direction, and we turn around and come back towards God. When we return to God. And this baptism was a baptism of recommitment of committing their lives to to God. People would come and say, I've been living in the wrong direction. I want to come and follow you, God. And so they would come and be baptized. Jesus has come to show that He is doing exactly what God wants Him to. That His greatest desire in His life is to follow God's will. To follow God's plan for Him. He's come to proclaim, not just with his words, but with his whole body, his whole life, that he will follow God wherever it leads. Jesus has come to proclaim. And at the same time, he has come to do more. He has come to fulfill what Israel would not. Remember last week when we we talked about Jesus going down into Egypt and then coming out again. In a sense, retracing the steps of Israel, but doing it faithfully. Doing it as God's servant. And we see it again here as Jesus goes down into into the waters. Doing something that, that Israel would not do. That humanity would not do left to its own devices. Jesus goes down to lead us into the water. He opens the waters Jesus takes baptism and He opens the waters for us. He has come to fulfill all righteousness. He has come to proclaim that He will follow God. He has come to retrace the steps, to live faithfully and to follow God so that we could follow Him. And Jesus has come and He has transformed baptism. In this moment, we see that baptism has been transformed. It was a baptism of repentance. And Jesus makes it something more. John used water. Jesus turns it into a baptism of spirit. When the spirit comes, we see that baptism has been transformed. God is doing something new here. 
See, when Jesus went down into the water, when He came back up, the Spirit came down. The Spirit came and dwelt among people. The Spirit came and fulfilled God, God's Son on earth. It is the Spirit who gives us faith. And it is God who gives us the Spirit. God's Spirit has come. In our baptism, we receive the Spirit. God's Spirit begins working in our lives, in all of us, through our baptism. God is at work here. It is by the Spirit we believe. We, as covenanters, we affirm a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. That means our whole life depends on Him. Even the moment that we believe depends on God's Spirit in us. None of us are here because we've earned it. None of us are right with God because we've somehow earned it. And because of our sinfulness, because of our brokenness, we don't even make this decision on our own. It is the Spirit who moves in us, who enables us to choose God, to choose Christ. It is the Spirit moving in us. It depends on God's Spirit. It is by His Spirit that we believe. And it is by God's Spirit that we have faith. And God has given us the Spirit. This is God at work here. But the Spirit does more than just help us believe. It does so much more. It is by God's Spirit that we are able to even live out this faith. It is God's Spirit working in us that enables us to live out faith. To be righteous in the sense of believing and then living out that belief of following God. It is by the Spirit that we believe and it is by the Spirit that we obey. But our relationship with God's Spirit is a dynamic relationship. Like all dynamic relationships, there is no neutral. There is no place to coast. We are either going closer to God or further away from God. It's the Spirit who calls us closer. It's the Spirit who works in us, who draws us to God, who gives us this desire for God. We depend on the Spirit. As covenanters, we affirm this. We depend on the Spirit. Our life depends on God's Spirit in our lives. God has done an amazing thing here. Jesus has transformed baptism. He has given us the Spirit. Not in the sense of Pentecost yet, but still the Spirit is present here. It is the Spirit in our lives that enables us to believe that we might be saved. It is the Spirit in our lives that, that enables us to obey that we might be sanctified and be made more like Christ. I have good news for you today. I have good news for you today. God has anointed His Son. God has coronated His King. The King that the people that we have been waiting for for so long has come. Here at Jesus' baptism, we see it again. God has brought His Savior, His servant who will save us. The one that the Old Testament has spoken about and promised. He has come in Jesus. He is here. And it is surprising that He would do it here at a baptism. How surprising that God would be baptized. 
we see this amazing and humble God that we follow. That He would go down into the waters to bring us up. At His baptism here, Jesus is changing things. He has made John's baptism into Christian baptism. He has given us the Spirit. The Spirit has come in this moment, helping us, enabling us to believe that we might be saved, empowering us to obey that we might be sanctified. God has spoken this morning. We've seen it ourselves. We've watched as the heavens have opened. And God has spoken directly to us again. This is my Son, whom I love. In Him I am so pleased. And we start to realize that the King has been crowned. The Son has been anointed. And this afternoon, when we are at home, in our shop, in the kitchen, we'll smile. We'll smile and our faith will grow because we will realize that God has done this. We will hear the words again, this is my son whom I love and him I am so pleased. And we will recall, we will remember, we will realize again that Jesus is the king that we have been waiting for. He is the servant that God has sent to save us. Jesus is this King. He is the King of kings, Lord of lords. And this afternoon, when we think of that, that will be more than enough. Amen.